This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace, offering everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. Extensive options, ease of selection, and flexibility at your fingertips help make sure your time is wonderfully spent. Viator is the place to go to book experiences that will create long-lasting moments that make lifetime memories. And Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences to choose from in over 190 countries. In fact, in fact, just last year, Viator helped my family put together this amazing adventure on the island of Kona. Swimming with the manta rays, trying to avoid the barracudas, whatever your wildest dreams. If you can imagine it, Viator probably has an experience just for you. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in Viator's world of wonderful experiences. Viator, one site. Over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. <gasps> Only one sale away from the Shopify 1000 Club. Is that a thing? Wow, Mom. Have a cookie. I'll take one. <laughs> Dad. These are delicious. You need to sell them. Mm-mm, you should. Mom. No, seriously. Let's set you up on Shopify. It's easy. I always knew you would build your own business. Guys. Yum. Yum. Okay, if Mom can do it, then why not? Number 1,000! Start selling today with Shopify for free. Sell online, in person, and anywhere else your future holds. And manage it all from a single place. No design or coding experience necessary. It's why every minute of every day, something amazing happens. A new seller makes their first sale with Shopify. Plus, with on-demand business courses and 24-7 support, Shopify is with you every step of the way. So, when you're ready to bring your idea to life, build it on Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of ideas around the world. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a free 14-day trial at shopify.com slash free 22 go to shopify.com slash free 22 and start selling today shopify.com slash free 22 Welcome to Cottage Talk Full-Time. I'm Russ Goldman, and joining me on his way home from Hillsborough is Craig Coben. This is our initial reaction to Foam's 1-1 draw against Sheffield Wednesday. Boy, do we have stuff to talk about quickly as, like I said, this is just our reaction show. We'll have a full post-match show, and I'm curious to get 
Craig's view on what he watched at Hillsborough today. I'm going to bring him on right now. Craig, welcome back to Cottage Talk, and I know you're on your way home. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Russ. Glad to be on. Okay. Well, let's not waste any time. Just give me your initial reaction to what you watched today at Hillsborough, a 1-1 draw for form. It's clearly two points dropped. We dominated possession, but didn't create all that many chances. In fact, the goal we scored was was fairly fortuitous. It was off the back of a mistake by the goalkeeper. I thought we lacked uh, a little bit of incisiveness. We had a lot of possession, but we didn't really show very much. We didn't create all that many opportunities, and we weren't able to capitalize on the 1-0 lead. And in the end, we gave a, a, up a soft goal, a very frustrating day. I think a lot of questions have to be asked. We have an outstanding team talent-wise, but uh, they don't play that well together. I'm glad that you mentioned that. You and I talked about this off-air. Watching this match, I think you described it as being disjointed. Talk a little bit about that. In regards to this match, you've been watching them the entire season, but what did you see with our team really not playing well as a unit? Look, we have a lot of talented players, and it's very difficult to make them play well. But just to give an example, our front three are premiership quality. But two of the three, in my opinion, uh, are much stronger on a counterattacking basis than they are in a in a system that is possession-oriented or tiki-taka-oriented like we have. So as a result, you have Cavaliero and Knockhart not really integrating well with the central midfielders who are much more possession-oriented. At the same time, we're not getting the ball to Mitrovic, who's very good at holding it up and having players run off him. Right. And Bob, Bobby Dekorova-Reed is the one who seems to be trying to play off of Mitrovic, but because he goes forward, that doesn't give Kearney the license to do what he likes to do. And Kearney, in many cases, is stuck out wide left. So we dominate possession, but we look fairly easy to contain. And right. I, I didn't really that. think we cut open uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Totally agree, Craig. And that's what was frustrating because you're going to have all this possession, but it's what you do with it. And when I look at this, and I'm going to just pull up these stats real quick, total shots for form were nine, which is decent, but you only have two on target. And that, to me, just tells you a little bit about how this match went. Not that, again, that Sheffield Wednesday played a great match because I don't think they played well. They had a strategy, which I didn't understand in the first half when they were sitting back, but they were comfortable defensively. We did not do enough to create opportunities for ourselves. Again, two shots on target, Craig. And we could talk about, obviously, we will mention giving up the late goal, which is driving probably every Fulham supporter crazy. Two weeks in a row giving up. And this time, it's actually in stoppage time, and it really just was such a sucker punch once again. But it's what you do with the possession, Craig. And you can score the goal. And I'm glad that they scored the goal just like the last match but they need to get more goals. They're not scoring enough, Craig. No, that's absolutely right. But, but be, because we're not really being creative enough going forward, we're, we're fairly predictable. We're fairly easy to to, to contain. Um, I was a bit surprised that had played such a passive approach. When they did press us, the few times they pressed us, I thought we actually struggled to, yeah. to get out from our end. And in a couple of cases, we hoofed it. A couple of cases, we gave the ball away. But by and large, they sat back, let us pass the ball in front of them, and we didn't really create spaces. I mean, what you have to do in that case is 
have runs off the ball that drag defenders or drag midfielders away from the play, creating a space where somebody else can run into. That didn't happen. I do think that we have half of our team or some of the members of our team who are much better in a counterattacking system, which is not going to be the system that we can play in this, right. in this league. So as a result, it was disjointed. It was a bit sluggish. It wasn't poor, but it didn't really dazzle. And as I said, the goal we scored was somewhat fortuitous, which is quite paradoxical to say when we had right. a view of the stats, but probably three quarters of the possession, at least in the first half. Right. I have the possession stats, Craig. 71% for Fulman, 29% for Sheffield Wednesday. And again, those are huge numbers. And you have all these passes, and, and I can even – tell you how many passes the attempted passes for Fulham is 634, but attacking passes is 244. And this is compared to 260 attempted passes for Sheffield Wednesday and only 90 attacking passes. So, again, if I'm Sheffield Wednesday, if I'm a Sheffield Wednesday supporter, I actually heard from one that was actually on the view of the opposition, Louis Shackshaft. I think I'm paraphrasing because I don't have his message back to me, but he's shocked that they came away with a point in this match, Craig, based on how it went. But again, did Fulham do enough to really deserve all three points? I want to ask you that. Well, in in some ways, no, because we didn't create a lot of opportunities. And a one-goal lead is always vulnerable until the whistle blows. Right. Um, And we didn't really look like we were going to score a second goal. We didn't really have – I can't say there was a great opportunity that that, uh, we had. I can't even think of any. So we, we didn't do enough. We left ourselves vulnerable to the equalizer. But I think more importantly, we're not playing. We have a lot of great players, but we're not playing well as a unit. And that is not going to get us promoted. So we need to either sort out our system or, or sort out the way in which we're playing because it doesn't feel like there is the right sort of, of chemistry um, in the team. We can't blame Bettinelli. He made a good double save early on. He totally on, did. Uh, which, by the way, was off the back of a, of a, of a pretty bad error by, by, I think, Mawson. But otherwise, he had a reasonable game. His distribution was a bit wayward, but he had a reasonable game. I don't think the goal was really his fault. Uh, the ball, I, I could see the, the ball going in for Sheffield Wednesday, and it went in just inside the right post. Uh, it was a very difficult ball to save. So we have only – I think we have the, the – what is to blame here is the fact that we are not set up in a way uh, to maximize uh, our potential. We are less than the sum of our parts. Okay. So does this go back to Scott Parker? Because if you go on social media and you'll see this, there's, again, a good amount of blame being put on his shoulders that he still has a lot to prove. But I'm curious your view of what you saw today and also the substitutions that he made. So what are your Mm -hmm. thoughts about, Scott Parker, his blame in this match, how much do you put this on setting up the team? How much of it should be on his shoulders as well as the players? Well, of course, he has something to prove. He's a, he's a relatively new manager, and, uh, and he still hasn't achieved the results that are necessary to give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I, it's hard for me to say whether, you know, to what extent it's, it's his fault, but the team isn't playing that well, and he definitely has the talent uh, for us to be able to reach a top two position. So the team is underperforming. Whether you can lay it at the feet of the manager or not is, is, is a 
pretty difficult to say. Sure. His substitutions, look, he, he substituted Stephen Sessignon, Odois for Stephen Sessignon, which, was a, right. which I thought made sense. Yeah, Stephen I thought that made sense. To me, it is, is not the finished article. He likes to drift inside. I think that's part of his offensive strategy. And, and I, you know, at that stage of the game, it probably made sense to have somebody with a bit more experience, a versatile player like Denny Odois. The other substitution where um, they brought on um, who did they who was the they brought on Harry Arter. Yeah, they brought on Harry Arter. That's right. And moving Bobby Dickerova Reed uh, up, I thought that, that actually made sense. I would have actually. No, I actually thought that have, made sense too. Yeah, to have Arter and Harrison Reed, you know, in the midfield alongside Kearney, because then I think we would have had a bit more stability in the midfield and could have overwhelmed them a bit more in the midfield. But Bobby Dekarova-Ree then was pushed up to the left. He doesn't stay wide. And as a result, the team became very narrow. And there's several instances where I think we could, he could have stayed wide. We could have stretched play a bit. Um, but he kept drifting in. And I think that was that was uh, limiting sort of the opportunities that we could have had. And we made it a little bit easier for, for Sheffield Wednesday. Okay, very interesting there, Craig. And uh, as we look at this, um, I, I want to mention this because uh, also uh, Abubakar Kamara came on later, and uh, that that was an interesting substitution. But I want to go back and just mention a little bit about Arthur, and I'm not sure how many supporters have seen that. I know you probably did not get a good view of this, but he was basically losing his mind in the late stages of this match. There was all this going on in the last what, five to ten minutes, and it got to the point where Scott Parker called him over and and actually grabbed him. And I'm a little bit concerned, Craig, about Archer. I can see his value, but he needs to keep his cool. I mean, this is, again, a situation where a player that plays on the edge, but I'm concerned that he could go over the edge. Your thoughts about Archer and, and what we expect from him the rest of the season? Yeah, look, I, I couldn't see what happened, so I, I can't, I, you know, I was sitting in the lefting lane end, and so it was too far away. Obviously, uh, Harry Arter is the brother-in-law of Scott Parker, so it sounds like it was a, a family affair to some degree. The game was very bitty at the end. Yeah. Um, I think that they, they, they were always fouling us a little bit. Uh, the Fulham players were also... Uh, uh, rolling around on the ground a little bit and, and wasting time. And you could see that tempers were starting to flare. I couldn't see the particular incident to be able to comment on it. Okay. And as far as Harry Arter goes, obviously discipline's pretty important in this league. And, and, you know, we can't have players getting sent off. No, no. And that's why I wanted to mention, because I think that's a talking point that I think we need to talk about even more. And we'll be obviously talking about that on the post-match show. And, Craig, before when we you wrap see this the up, <laughs> wait till you see the replays of, of this match. It'll yeah, be they, very interesting. I, I highly recommend everyone watching a replay of this entire match because yeah. there, again, if you go on social media, you'll see a lot of the commentary, and I agree with the commentary that at times we were slow, especially in the second half. And I think that goes back to what you were talking about of us being disjointed and just finding yeah. our best team, our best system. It just isn't working right now, and uh, hopefully yeah. Scott Parker will be able to find it. But before we wrap what, this what, up, what, what, what go I, what ahead. I would just say though is the, the goal we scored is very interesting because in go that ahead. particular goal, Bobby Decker Reed is back. He switched the play to the other side over to Joe Bryan, who 
put in the cross that the goalkeeper uh, weakly punched and it, and it fell to Kearney for him to score. And that was, but this, even the buildup to that was actually quite encouraging. We didn't do enough switching of the play, moving the ball. Totally agree with um, us. Totally agree. Um, and, and, and as a result, I don't think we, we really ever pressured them that much. They didn't look uncomfortable in the fence. And although, I will say, Sheffield Wednesday didn't show us a whole hell of a lot. No, they didn't. And it's funny because after this match ended up, again, my friend uh, Louis Shackshaft actually tweeted out that Gary Monk hasn't lost a form yet. He hasn't as a manager. And I had to yeah. remember some of these matches. And when he was in charge of Leeds United, I don't know if you remember this match at Ellen Road, but they got a late equalizer as well. I, I, I don't, don't know. Although we got what, a late equalizer on the home match. Correct. You'll recall. You are right. You are right. Uh, we I, got I it back. We did with, with Tom Kearney. You're right about that. late and jumped into the, uh, into the Hammersmith end. And I was, I was, uh, that was a very emotional moment for me personally. You're right. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, I, I don't think Gary Monk's, you know, they, they were set up and uh, uh, looked to me like a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-1-4-1. I yep. thought Fletcher, their striker, was completely isolated. You know, other than the chance they had in the 10th minute off the back of uh, Mawson's error, the two, yep. the, well, the double the double chance, they didn't really they didn't really have much going forward, in my opinion. No. Um, when they did press, actually, they looked pretty well organized, yep. but they didn't press very often. Um, no, they didn't. They did, but when they did, they made us uncomfortable. And uh, was they made nice us uncomfortable. We, we weren't good enough passing out. No, but I think that I think actually I, I would prefer to have Arter and Harrison Reed, the so-called Ginger Ninja, as they call him in the <laughs> in the stands. I would prefer to have them alongside Carity and to see how how that develops. I, I feel that um, Bobby Decarova Reed doesn't quite fit into that sort of system unless he's playing forward. Um, but, you know, overall, the biggest problem we have is we've got two great wingers up front, but they're, they, they're, they're not really well suited to our system. I'm referring to Cavaliero and Nakar. They're great players, don't get me wrong. Right. I think they're better on the counterattack. And like you already mentioned, that's not going to happen with this foam side based on no, uh, the players that we have. It's so it's, it's not going to happen. Back against us. So right. that's that's the frustrating. We've we've got a talented team that doesn't play well as a unit. Very interesting that's my take summary. there. <laughs> that's a great summary. Before we go, I just want to ask you this final question in regards to the last two matches. It's funny because I actually watched the Leeds United match, and people have been just reminding me that in this league, one goal was again a precarious lead because this is what happens: teams score late. But now we have this in the last two matches and. It happened to Leeds United today. They dominated Derby County. And then, of all people, Chris Martin scores to uh, yeah. in stoppage time for them to make it 1-1. And then here we have here the situation with Fulham. What can you take away from these last two matches giving up leads? Is there any common denominator? Well, what worries me is that the doubts will start to creep into the players when they get a lead and they have to hold on to a 1-0 lead they'll start to lose confidence in their ability to hold that lead. You know, psychology is a very, a very delicate matter, team psychology. And having twice squandered leads against teams that we were much better than, yeah, I, I do think cases. it's a worry. I, 
I think it's a worry. And okay, so and I agree. What, what's really important is that we that we win the next couple of games. Yep. And preferably that we show that once we have a lead, we can either kill a team off or kill the game off. Yep. And we don't seem to be able to do that. Okay, very good there, Craig. Great stuff. All right, well, listen, let's wrap this up. I want to thank Craig for calling in on his way home from the match. And I also want to mention we'll be doing a full post-match show. We're recording that on Sunday, so we'll have more about this match. We certainly go into more detail about both goals and so much more. But it is time to go. For my co-host, Craig Coleman, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.